Indians guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is October 10th. The MLB postseason is underway. As much as I want to talk about those games, let's recap our Buckos 2021 season one more time. Let's go Bucks. We have a lot to cover in this week's episode. This is our 2021 season recap, if you will. Uh, We're also going to break down our predictions for the season and see how far off we are. I know we've gone over some of these things as it got close, but this is the full picture. Uh, I'm Josh. Enough about me. Last week, uh, Jake missed, and he's back with us. (laughs) Good to be back, bud. Uh... Yeah, postseason in full swing, and it's awesome so far. This is one of my favorite times of the year. No sleep because, you know, you pretty much have to watch as much as you can. Yeah. But it's just so much fun. Yeah. um, The Red Sox-Rays game today was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. A lot of fun to watch. Matter of fact, we were – it went so long – it was 13th. They finished it in the 13th. I thought it was 14th. One of those two finished it with a walk-off home run, literally like one batter after Matt Vaskersian says, you know, when it gets this late in a game, it's uh, you're basically just waiting for someone to hit a home run because nobody's going to score any other way. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you weren't watching, and then the Kiermeyer hit that bounced off the right fielder, Renfro, who used to play for the Rays, the ruling is ground rule double, super weird. If you guys, uh, if you weren't paying attention to that game between the Rays and the and the Red Sox, look up the highlights because that whole thing was nuts. The Rays could have scored a run. Now the the ver- here's the here's my take on it though. The very next guy struck out. Kiermaier would have been left at third, and the walk off home run was a two run homer. So same result. The score would have been five or six to five instead of six to five. Yeah. Instead of six it- four. It was 13. Okay. So, um, Jake, your video is so choppy. It's killing me. Anyway, <laughs> well, we have a lot uh, a lot to go over today. Uh, we wanted to try to make this, you know, our, our season recap. Um, obviously, we don't put a ton of, like, this isn't what, this isn't what we do. So, we don't have access to everything and we're we don't have access to time but i thought we could have fun with it anyway look up some things that we remember and that we talked about just as fans and whatnot but we'll get into it pirates finished 61 and 101 which was the first thing that neither one of us thought they would get 100 losses and here we are <laughs> uh we had a losing record at home and a losing record away we had a losing record in every month of the season except for October, where they went two and one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Here's a couple little things. Longest winning streak, three games. <laughs> Longest losing streak was 10. We were shut out 16 times. We only had six shutouts. Nine walk-off wins. We were only walked off three times. There's a win. Yeah despite the fact that we went on losing streaks after those walk-off wins. Right. Even 500 in interleague play. Okay. 
five and three in seven inning games and extra inning games. If you're looking for some sort of silver lining, uh, we took the season series from the Giants four to three. You know, the best team in baseball. Yeah. But we had a 302 winning percentage against the other teams in the NL Central. But to finish the season, the last 25 games, the Pirates were 13 and 12. So hang your hat on the end, I guess. Yeah. 12 and 13 in the first 25. So, you know, <laughs> at least we flipped that. <laughs> oh, it was a you rough know, the, year, but yeah. ultimately, you know, it, it is what it is. More on that later, I guess. I'm going to do something a little bit fun. Because we have all these predictions, and I know that we're not, we're not going to talk about all of them, right? So right. I'm going to do a little speed run. I'm going to take a drink of water here, do a little speed run through this. You have any thoughts going into this? You want to you want to defend yourself before we make you look awful? Sure. This is the first time I ever tried this. So <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say probably me it was, too. It was it was interesting trying to do this and then seeing how it would play out. Yeah. Obviously, we've said this the whole time. Predictions are almost always wrong, and in baseball, they're almost impossible. Actually, they are impossible. If you get one right, you were just lucky. Ish. I mean, well, I guess it point. depends on what it is. If you're if you're yeah. trying to say this guy's gonna hit two seventy five, you know what I mean? Super hard. A lot of these yeah. predictions, like a lot of these predictions, we went into it saying, is Colin Moran gonna hit twenty home runs? Well, Colin Moran didn't play as right. much as we would have assumed, and his power was down when he did play. So. But that's what I'm saying. Like there, it, everything's so hard to, uh, to really. You have no idea what's going on in guys' lives and how much they're working towards a certain goal. You might yeah. say, "I think this guy really is going to blossom into a power hitter." You didn't know that all winter he was just wor- he was actually working his swing out to make more contact and not and less power. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. there's just so many caveats that we have no idea about. But anyway, I'm going to have a little fun. I'm going to try to like basically zip through this in a way that is impossible, but we're going to try it. Let's get me a little uh let's get me a little music here to to zip through here. All right, let's take a look at over/unders. Colin ran 19 and a half home runs. You said over and you gave the number 25. I said over, but he hit 10. Adam Frazier, 279.5. So was he going to hit 280 or higher? Jake, you said over, and you actually said that he would hit 296. And I said under, and I, for whatever reason, said exactly 279. And he blew us out of the water. He hit 324 when he was a pirate. He finished the year at 305. So he was really close full season to you. Um, Kevin Newman, 275. Uh, you said over. You called a 304. That was one of your big predictions. We'll talk about that later. I said over in the 280s. He had 226. Way to go. Key Brian, we said, was he going to hit 280 or higher? You said over. I said under. Um, so technically, I get the point there. I don't remember what I said it would be around. But either way, he hit 257. Key Brian, 15 and a half homers. He missed a lot of time. You said over. I said over. He ended up with 11. Oh, I'm sorry. He ended up with six. The next one is 11. Gregory Polanco, 20 home runs. We both said over. He had 11. And he wasn't going to hit 20 if we, did, if we didn't let him go. No. Brian Reynolds, 280. 
or higher. We both said over. You said 281. I said it'd be better than that, I remember, but I don't remember what I had. But he had 302. Uh, Brian Reynolds, 15 and a half home runs. We both said over. You had him at 19. I had him at 16. He had 24. Good job, Brian Reynolds. Starter ERAs. Steven Brault, 470. Uh, we both said under. He was way over with a 586. Tyler Anderson, 491. You said under. I said five plus. <laughs> uh, I was way off. You were close. You said 458. He had a 453 in the whole season. Now, he had a 435 in Pittsburgh, making it even better than what you said. But a 453 to 458 is super close. You nailed <laughs> super that. Super lucky. You nailed that. <laughs> Chad Cool, 484. You had him at 423. Actually, we both did. He finished with a 482, which is crazy. That 484 was almost identical to what he ended up at. Trevor Cahill, 471. You said 532, and I said over. I don't remember my thoughts on that. He ended with a 536. I'm sorry. He ended with a 657. I keep looking at the wrong line. Brubaker, 421. He ended with a 536. You had him at 414. I had him over. I was not high on Brubaker at the beginning of the year. I ate my words early, but then he proved me right in the end. So I guess that is what it is. But I just had to start the music over. So if you're listening, that did not glitch. Uh, where are we at? Mitch Keller, 445. You called a 389, so that was a good one. I called under with the clarification that I'm saying it's a fan move. I'll be ecstatic if he hits 410, which is what I said, but I think it'll take him some time, I said. He ended with a 617, so bad on him. Rich Rod, 19 and a half saves. Jake, you said way under 19 and a half. And you said that uh, he would have 10 with Crick and Bednar getting some saves. I said under with six different guys getting saves is what I said. Um, only three pitchers got saves. Richrod got 14. Stratton got eight. Bednar got three. 25 saves as a team. Yikes. Okay, the next thing we did was will the following players be on the roster after the trade deadline Todd Frazier we both said no Adam Frazier we both said no so this is me this means they were either released or traded so we're right so far Moran you said yes I said no you win that one Polanco yes yes he was barely but he was Alfred yes yes and he was Cahill you said yes I said no so technically you got it right because he's never left the roster. He was injured, but whatever. Tyler Anderson, we both said no, and he was gone. Steven Brault, we both said he'd still be with the team, and he was. Chad Cool, same thing. So we actually did pretty good on that one. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, Okay, so I did take some notes down from this. Jake said after the season, the Pirates should bring Anthony Alford back on a two-year deal. You did say that. You You still go there? You want Anthony Alford on a two-year deal now? I tell you what, no, but but he did look a lot better okay. later in the season. Okay, we'll bring so that I would up. Not maybe. Mind. Yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, Jake, you also said we won't trade Polanco because we won't be able to get what we'd like to get for him, and that's why he stays. Um, that's pretty good, except he ended up not staying, right? Well, through the trade deadline. <laughs> yeah, through the trade deadline. You're right, but that's pretty good, though. That It's exactly right. We didn't get what we wanted. So We shopped him. Yeah. So then we did have mild and wild predictions. Um, just real quick to go through those. The mild predictions. I say Hayes gets rookie of the year votes but doesn't win it. So obviously with the injury, anything we talk about Hayes is probably going to be whatever. Yeah. You said he's going to win it. Yeah. Um, I said Hayes, Stallings, and Reynolds will all receive gold glove votes, but none of them will win it. I mm. still could be right on this. You could be, but I don't think you're going to be because I just think Stallings has to get a gold glove. I don't know what his competition right now is, so I don't know, but it does feel like he could. But I just don't know if he'll get the recognition to get the votes. The only thing that I've noticed is is his uh, caught stealing rate. Yeah, I mean, they I look at all that. that. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't look into that, but I mean. I think some people are talking. Oh, I know, it's nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Our wild predictions, you said that Newman and Hayes finish over 300. Now, these are wild predictions. We basically set these up to be wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the goal. Yeah. I said, I want to, if I think that has a possibility of being right, I will go a little further, is what I did with this. Um, so, and you also said Mitch Keller sub four ERA, which is what you had up there. That was less of your prediction. You made it clear up above when you said Keller has a 389. You said, I have to do this because this is my wild prediction. You actually didn't mm -hmm. have to because your real prediction and your wild prediction could be different, but either way, um, you had Keller under a four. So obviously that didn't happen. So none of your three uh, hit, which means you were wild enough to be a wild prediction. Um, my one of my wild predictions was that Will Craig will play 35 games with the Pirates. Now he was not even on the active roster. I'm gonna give a little bit like I know this is like so, technically I said that it was because Moran got traded, not hurt. <laughs> but I believe I don't I didn't write it down. He did not get 35 games, but he wasn't that far off. It was like 19 or it was it might have even been over. Actually, I have it here. Hang on. I've got it right here. Where's Will Craig? He's here. He played in 18 games. So, like, I was more than halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. No, not quite. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, halfway. Yeah, halfway. So, Will Craig. Uh, but it wasn't the way I said it was going to happen. But, anyway. And then the whole play kind of ruined his career, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I also said that Polanco has a good enough year to either get traded or have his option picked up by the Pirates. So, obviously, that didn't happen. Oh, you know what? I wrote 18 after that line, which was supposed to be on the line before that. That's funny. And your last one was that Adam Frazier gets ALCS MVP for another team, which is not going to happen. I did, update. I did update that one and just said AL or NL. But still, it's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, you did season. say, a yeah, you're right. ALCS, that was, I wrote it in that way, but yeah, you're right. You did say, well, well obviously you, you, you said you said you went back and listened to it. To, to and when I did make that prediction on that episode, 
You probably I said, said ALCS. AL. Okay. And then I went back on it and said, you know, either league, but the right, league right. championship series. I knew what, uh, yeah. But yeah, still, he's not in the postseason. So. No, so it's not going to happen. That's good. We were wild enough that, you know, none of them hit. So that's, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we're that aggressive next year too. We, those wild ones, we want, we almost want to be wrong. Yeah. Within reason. I mean, it's not like we're going to say, like, like, my wild prediction is that they're going to win 100 games. It's like, well, no, because that's not going to happen. All of these could have happened, but we didn't think they were going. You know what I mean? It has to be within the realm of possibilities. Well, yeah, but they're they're within the realm of possibilities. Like, it was possible. Newman's hit 300 before. And if Keller would have figured it out, it's possible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Will Craig playing 35 games doesn't seem like a lot, but it's possible. Anyway. He's, he signed in Korea or something I think like so, that, yeah. He? Yeah, the Pirates let him sign wherever he wanted. So uh, so there's our predictions. Um, feel free to tell us how dumb we are on some of these. I, I thought some of them were pretty good. Um, Adam Frazier came back and, and Brian Reynolds came back as we talked like they might. Yeah. But Frazier 324 while he was with Pittsburgh. He still salvaged 300, though. Yeah. So, either way. I thought it was pretty good. Key Brian Hayes, all those things are, I mean, he, he was hurt for a couple months. So. Yeah, and when he was hurt, when he went out, it was it was a lot of to do with his wrist. Yeah, which all, obviously, yeah. Bad no doubt. Time. I understand people say, well, why don't you just wait till, okay, but come on, man. You want to be on the field. Yeah. Even if, even if he waited till he was healthy, you know, mentally, if you've ever been hurt, you know it's hard. Mm-hmm. It messes with you. That and and the only other thing I wanted to talk touch on a minute was uh, Colin Moran. When he came back from injury, he yeah. wasn't even trying to hit a home run. Nope. He was just trying to hit the ball. And then all of a sudden, I think it, we were in Philly, and he hit that like four hundred and thirty foot homer. I was like, oh, he's trying again. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, almost what it felt like. It did feel that way. Colin Moran, they they both played in less than 100 games. They were in the 90s, okay? Yeah. Colin Moran at 99, Key Brian Hayes, I think at like nine, yeah, 96. So, obviously, when you're out for... Almost half the year. Well, let's just say, because you're going to sit out some games, so let's say 50 games, you know what I mean? It, it's going to mess with you. Plus, when it's interrupted... The timing baseball is so much about timing. When your season gets interrupted, it is hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to bounce back. So, all right. So let's do a little bit of uh let's do some fun things. Um most surprising player. What do you got? Yoshi. Hmm. Two teams gave up on Yoshi this year because he was batting under two hundred. Both the the Rays and the Dodgers yeah. both said, Nope, you're done. But when he put on a Pirates uniform, all he did was hit 268 with eight homers and 43 games. I was I was surprised because when they picked him up, I was like, what in the world? Yeah, here we go. John Nagowski 2.0. But I'm going to stick to this. Okay. This has been talked about a lot. If the DH comes to the National League next year, I wouldn't be mad if we re-signed him as our DH. Yeah, and that makes sense. I, I've I've, I've right read a lot of too. things. I've read a lot of things that like where people are talking about the possibility of bringing him back, of re-signing him and bringing him back, 
What I don't understand about Yoshi is I believe he, I mean, he's, he only has a service time of like over a year. So wouldn't he be like, wouldn't we just renew his contract? Like we still have control of him. Or maybe is there something about like a certain age or a certain, everything I've looked up shows that he doesn't have enough service time to become an unrestricted free agent. We don't have to like quote unquote re-sign him. If we did, if he was going to go to free agency and we'd have to re-sign him as a free agent, I don't think we re-sign him because I think he did enough for another team to say, I'm going to take a shot on this. And I just don't think the Pirates are in a position to take more of a shot than somebody else. But maybe, I mean, maybe because... But where else are we spending any money? Well, that's a good point, but I just don't know that they're going to spend money on a guy who may have... I mean, he barely... How many games did he play with us? You know what I'm saying? 43 games. 43 games. So that's not a... It's a bigger sample than I thought it was, but that's a bigger sample than I thought it was. And how many of those just were clutch? Right. He got more games than Nagowski did. Yeah. Which is good. The Nagowski thing to me was, we may actually go over this. Anyway, uh, for yeah, we're talking about Yoshi. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't mind them bringing him back. On, you know, on a one-year deal. I, I, the only thing for me is, he he's a player that's going to want to know he's he can get a shot to play. I think, and I just don't know if. I mean, we cannot put him in right field. No. And even at first, I mean, I know we we kind of disagree a little bit on Colin Moran. I haven't looked up the numbers, and I know numbers are weird defensively. But, I mean, Colin Moran's average at first. Yoshi's probably average. And I know that it's first base. We shouldn't really care all that much about how good they are on defense. Colin Moran leading up to this year has been below average at first base, without a doubt. And... If you can get a first baseman to be average and hit, then I'm okay with him being average. And when I say average, if he's league average, then I'm fine with anybody who's league average, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Give me offense and be league average. When I say average, meaning like, well, he's not killing us. He might right. not even he might not even get to league average as far as numbers. And like I said, numbers do not tell the whole story on defense. It's too hard to to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But anyway, Yoshi definitely was surprising. I did not expect that. I thought the same thing. I thought, here's another Nagowski. Let's try to find lightning in a bottle. Nagowski, we found lightning in a bottle for a while. It did not equal any kind of power at all. And in my opinion, absolutely zero upside defensively, no matter where he was at. Yeah. And Yoshi at least gave us offensive upside. So that is good. Uh, I think that... I think this was hard because of the fact that not a lot was surprising in a good way. <laughs> but I go with Ben Gamble. Yeah. Gamble was another one of those waiver claims, just like you're talking about. He could have gone the way of Fowler, Alford, and Kai Tom. Instead, he was really good defensively. Yeah. And he was good enough offensively to be in that lineup every day. That lineup specifically. Right. I would love to have him back as a fourth outfielder on any team that I had. If I was a good team, I'd feel fine with him being my fourth outfielder. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I really don't want him starting, but he's a hard worker. He's effective enough. And I was surprised that Ben Gamble was uh, was what he was, especially because 
he was just another guy that a team gave up on. Yeah. Give a guy an right. opportunity to play. And he's been in the league a while, though. So he's mm-hmm. a guy who's a little bit different on that because he's shown what he was for us. He's been in the past. Yeah. Now, as a team who's not, he hasn't been on the Pirates, so I can't really talk about his defensive numbers. But Yeah, that game in Chicago where he made like two or three ridiculous that that one that he went back towards the warning track and just laid out last second. That was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, there I thought one, there, there was, was enough. One, we were watching we were watching a game, me and me and Ashley, my wife, we were watching the game and she said, Why didn't he come up and catch up off? I said, listen, the way he's playing defense right now, he must have known he didn't have a shot. <laughs> I said he's been going after everything. And sometimes it's a risk versus reward kind of thing on whether or not you pull up on a ball or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, all right, so how about let's flip the script on here. Worst surprising player. like For me, ugh. for me, it was Brubaker. Yeah, that's a good call. I, he started off strong and then just fell off horrendously. He did get really, like, we struggled to win a game when he started. Yeah. And that was big. Probably more surprising for people other than me. But... And I and I and I'm like not saying because I know better. I'm actually saying because I had him wrong. Like I just didn't think that he was even in. He was there. He was in the cards to be on the team all year. Yeah. And I didn't even think that that would be it. You know what I mean? I just didn't think that he was a guy that we were looking at to be. I mean, he made 24 starts, and I remember making a comment when we were looking at all this stuff, and um who was we were a steamer had, he was projected to be our highest war in the season. Yeah. And I said, he's not even going to be on the team long enough to do that. So like, obviously for me, I didn't have an expectation with him and I was way off on that, but yeah, it was surprising after seeing how he started to see how he went from, you know, May or June, whenever that started, I think may from may on was miserable for him. Yeah. And hopefully he can bounce back. He showed he's got the stuff. Right. That's a good call. Uh, Colin Moran for me. And we, I know we talked about the injury. I thought he would provide more power. And so that to me, that was the, that was a surprise to me. I, I just assumed it would be better than that. I mean, he was yeah. way off of my number. I, you know, I thought he was 20 plus and he hit 10. So, yeah. Uh, most impressive player. So not, may not have been surprised, but most impressive I'm going to start off on this one. I'm imagining you're going to say the same one. I imagine any Pirates fan on the planet would say the same guy. It was Brian Reynolds. Absolutely. His consistency, the way he handled center field, a left field. I mean, I know he was initially a center fielder, but really you have him pegged as a left fielder. Even I did, and I said, you know, if he can play in center, but he's really going to be a left field. He really impressed me in center field. Um, No-brainer decision for me. It, it was him. He was most yeah. impressive. I I knew he had 300 in the tank. So the 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 batting average is is hard to hit 300 right now. I knew he had it. I knew he could do it again. I did not expect him to add the power along with it. I have him pegged yeah. around 15 homers a year, knock 24 and really, you know what I mean? I, I, I after mean, I that year, 30. yeah, after that year, I don't think 24 homers is his ceiling. Uh, you saw right. a progression in him. The, the doubles that he hit before are finding their way over the fence, and that, that's it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think that he, when he ages, I think that his power will go better. 
Yeah. And, you know, he's not super young, and we'll get into that later for one of these other ones. He's not super young, but he's young enough that he could still... When guys get closer to 30 years old, they add power. Almost yeah. all, you know, almost all the time. So, least... Yeah, in, you just you just seen him become a full all-around ball player this year. And he did it with no protection. Right. You didn't even have to pitch to him. No. But you kind of knew, like, yeah, but what's he going to do? Hit two solo homers and we win 4-2? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I shouldn't say that. Least impressive player. You or me, me first. Uh, go ahead. All right. Because mine's easy and quick because we don't even have to talk about it. Uh, Mitch Keller. Every good start was an eye roll to me. Like, it was like, yeah, he started good, but next one's going to be bad. Yeah. You just knew it was coming. Yeah. Mine, mine, and this was a smaller sample size, but still it was just, yeah, I just, Cody Ponce, I'm done. Um, <laughs> he said, I'm done. I get what you're saying about Keller, but for me, I could still see his stuff playing at some point. Yeah. He has stuff. But Ponce I wasn't impressed in. once. Yeah. That, that was my take on it. I wasn't impressed once. And even when he had good starts, I was like, ah, but is it going to be really good? Maybe I was impressed his first good start. Yeah. And then after that, I was a skeptic. Anyway, Cody Ponce. Yeah, I know he made he made two starts that were not good at all. So they moved him to the bullpen next time he came back. It's still not good. Mm. I thought he showed a little. The only reason this is least impressive to me is because when he did get some starts in 2020, I think he pitched to like a three-something ERA, and I was like, maybe this dude's got something. You know, I was kind of yeah. hoping for it. Real quick here, three starts, five games. He pitched 17 innings in 2020 to a 318 ERA. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I was, I was, I liked him yeah. when he came in. I was like, yeah, that, but this year everything was flat. This didn't me. Mm. So I could think of it every time he came in, I was just me. Yeah. You know? But I also wanted to throw in to this is M- Michael Perez. He's awful. He was awful this year. Mm. Batted 150 or something like that. I think you kind of knew that's what was going to happen, right? With Michael Perez. I mean, I knew you knew he wasn't going to hit. But you also knew he was good defensively. And he, I know that you got frustrated that in one game he had two pass balls. No, but, that, but no. But he was part of the no pass balls all year. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know we give a lot of the credit to Stallings and everybody likes to say, oh, but Michael Perez ruined it. No, no. He was part of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought that was a, yeah. It, it could knew, have worked I out. I knew better. that once. I did know that once we you get that first pass ball, we were going to have more. Yeah. So it didn't surprise me at all that well, he had two in one inning. I'll tell you this. I was at a game in June. Uh, I forget who they were playing. It might have been the, the Dodgers. Uh, it was close game. Or it wasn't close or it was close. Or, I don't even remember at this point. But I remember sitting there, and the Dodgers had a three or four run lead at the time. I think it was a three-run lead. Nobody on base. He throws two straight balls to Michael Perez. And I said, do not walk this guy. I, I told my buddy, I was like, do not walk this guy. This next pitch better be a fastball right down the middle. I said, and I'll tell you, Michael Perez could hit it out. But who cares? It's late in the game. You've got your lead. You cannot walk him. He threw... 
I think a slider right down the middle and Michael Perez hit it out. And I was like, well, there you go, but you're not hurt. Right. You still got to lead by more than one run and it's late in the game and you just make him do that. And yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting that he did, but I, he, he had a couple clutch home runs this year. He did that were really good, but yeah, I get you. I know he, he batted bad, but I think for a backup catcher, I really don't care as much. Like I just don't. Yeah. Like do you, I don't know if he's if he's good defensively, and he handles his staff well. There's just part of me that says, why would I spend money on a guy, especially with when you have a guy like Stallings who likes to play a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I part of me also is probably just saying that because I don't mind that on a team who's going to lose a hundred games. But yeah, you're. Uh, you know, I don't want to take away from your comment there. He he, he was awful. <laughs> a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. All right. So now we get into, we're moving into the offseason a little bit based on the year. Um, you know what? I'm going to skip that and we're going to come back to it. Okay. All right. Before we get into that, we're going to talk two more things. We're going to talk defense because I think it's worth saying the defensive improvement from 29th last in 2020 to first place tied with three teams for first place in fielding percentage. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. And I want to say that, but I do want to say that cause I know like we, we all have noticed it. Mm-hmm. Kevin Newman went on the big run. That's all great. But, and the, you know, the whole pass ball thing, but it's just not a difference maker. The two teams who, who are tied with, I mean, they're both in the postseason, but the Red Sox are in the postseason too, and they were 29th in defense this year in fielding percentage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, when you say that and you, you go into it and you say, yeah, but we've done a really good job with our defense, and we didn't prevent runs with it. <laughs> but that's, I mean, right. the only reason I say that is because, like, if your pitching staff is going to give up runs regardless of how good you are defensively, it's not a big difference maker. Now, when your pitching staff's good and you can save runs, now it starts to make a difference. But if yeah. you hit, for instance, like the Red Sox, it, your fielding percentage, those fielding percentages are close too. I know it takes a lot to move them because you get so many chances and stuff, but the way that they hit today, defense is becoming a little bit less important. Do you feel that? Yeah, yeah I mean, I can see it. I'm saying a little bit, and I'm very cautious because yeah. I am a, you know better than anybody, mm-hmm. I was all about defense. If I made an error, I didn't sleep. Like, it was that bad. <laughs> Granted, I only made one error in high school in the, you know, Says years that I played. Says the outfielder. Says the outfielder, which is a lot <laughs> harder to make an error in the outfield. So, uh, I, you're right. I should have said that first because that's ridiculous. If, the, for, you know, if somebody's saying, like, yeah, but where do you play third or short? Like, are you kidding me? No. I, I played outfield. And, and I will say my only error was the first game back from having my appendix taken out of my body. So, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, it, it's a step in the right direction. It is. It is. And you, and, and you I know you're high on three players in particular when it yeah. comes to the defense. Yeah, Newman and Stallings and Reynolds, they just, they stuck out. Newman because uh, of the run, Stallings because of the pass balls, and Reynolds because he took over a position that... We all wanted. thought we all thought he was going to be average at, and he showed that he's better than that. He wanted it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. And he, he went out he and said, got this, it. This is where I want to play. Yep. 
and we have no reason to move him at this point. So do you think that that made a difference because he wanted it so bad and we rewarded him with that? Do you think that's what made him, like, you think there was a little chip? Absolutely. Okay, so O'Neill Cruz can play shortstop. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so let's talk sweeps because we know that this was a big topic of the season, right? Yeah. Um, the last two months of the season in particular because we had so many opportunities for it. Yeah. Uh, but the Pirates could not complete a series sweep. Never mind that those were all series wins, which is good <laughs> in and of itself. But the Pirates became the seventh team in Major League Baseball history without a sweep during an entire season. Right. But it also marks, what, four straight years? Yep. That this happened? Yeah, it, you wonder, how rare is that? Seven seasons ever? But you're right. It seems to be more common lately. Maybe. 2018 to 2021, there's been one team every year. Yeah, Miami, Baltimore, and St. Louis. Yep, and then the and then the Pirates. Now, St. Louis is the only team to be over 500 and avoid sweeping a team. But this is 2020, guys. It was a 60-game season. The mm -hmm. Cubs and the Dodgers also did not get swept in the 2020 season. To have two teams. Well, the in 2004, there were two teams. Um, what was it? 2004, there were two teams that did not sweep a team, right? I will get there. Um the records of teams, the seven teams. Yeah, 2004, the Diamondbacks and the Royals did not sweep a team. So two teams in one year. All instances of a team not completing any series sweep during an entire season. Why did they put them out of order? <laughs> oh, no, they're not out of order. Okay. Yeah, two of them in the same year. It never happened until 1983. And then it didn't happen again until 2004, and two teams did it. And then now it's been four straight years. That's nuts. Yeah, but there's only been there's also only been seven teams to to not have been swept, and that never happened until 1992. I just feel like in prior years, old school baseball, like you did not get swept. No, it was like against you the did rules. Right, you played the game different. That's crazy. Anyway, um, but because everybody felt that way, it was also hard to not be swept. You know what I mean? It's late, guys. If you heard the yeah. yawn, it's late. <laughs> um, Derek Shelton's grade for 2021. What do you got? Actually, yeah. I'm just going to start this because okay. I want to say incomplete. Uh, yeah. For the sake of the argument, I'm going to give him a C. And the reason is he didn't have the team to win, so I don't really know what you're going to grade him on. I thought he handled some situations well. I thought he player type things. I like how he backs up his players. I like how he's part of the decision making. The O'Neill Cruz in the the call up and everything that, that I talked about last week. Shelton's a part of that. Yeah. I like that kind of stuff. You just want to see what he can do when the team's good. Yeah, I agree with that. I didn't want to look when I looked at this. I didn't, I didn't want to look too far into what he did or didn't do and more into Sherrington's thoughts on what he brought to the table behind the scenes, what the players thought of playing for him and, and stuff like that. And I haven't read anything or heard anybody say anything bad about him yet. So 
a lot of times it's hard to hear those things, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. But still, when you lose 100 games, sometimes those things come out. Right. Yeah. How about Ben Sherrington? Uh, I'm giving him an A. Okay. Some of those trades that he pulled off this during the season, I feel like we got we just stole people. <laughs> yeah. How did he get anybody for Clay Holmes? Yeah, and Clay Holmes is pitching uh, pitched in the postseason. They had a yeah. He pitched in that wild card game. Yeah, he lights out too. <laughs> so he maybe really well. Maybe not stole, but yeah, I get it. But and Tyone but no. was good for them, and you know what I mean. Like I do feel like the guys that we gave up were. Decent. Josh Bell seemed to have bounced back a little bit. And I'm not even saying that that, that we didn't get rid of them. We knew what right. we were doing. We knew we were getting rid of talent. Yeah. But you're right. There were but, trades in there like the Clay Holmes trade where he was so bad for us. How did we get anything out of him? Regardless of whether or not he turned he it around. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. There was another one too that I thought was kind of crazy that I thought it's crazy we can trade him, but we couldn't find a home for Polanco. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the part that I thought was a little bit weird. Uh, by the way, Polanco did get signed. Yeah. By the Blue Jays mm-hmm. and almost matched his season high in home runs playing in AAA. I think he really? had not, I think he had nine. I mean, he was on fire anyway. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> um, I'm going to give him a B plus. I'm not. Sure, what else could have been done in regards to moves? Like, he wasn't going to trade anymore to build up, but they tried all they could to get rid of Polanco. Nobody wanted him. So I don't give him a, like, I can't knock him on that. What's he going to do? You can't create a trade that doesn't exist. Right. Colin Moran wasn't getting traded. You know, none of these guys that we thought maybe could have been Stephen Brawled, any of those, none of those things worked out in our favor. And when that happens, what else can you do? The only reason I say B plus is because there were a lot of things that I thought I that there was a lot of things that why in the world and I know hindsight's 2020 but Kai Tom to me was a head scratcher. <laughs> I just don't get I just don't get that move. I don't get why we held on to him as long as we did. And, and that's just the one example. And I know that he was the one that just rubbed me the wrong way all year. Mm-hmm. But he was the example to me. But you have this long list of guys. Ben Gamble actually has a track record of being okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like Kai Tom and even like Fowler and Alfred, you can see the freak athlete that he is. And so I see continuing to give him a shot. Mm-hmm. But the head scratchers to me were Kai Tom, um, Dustin Fowler, and Nagowski. I, I didn't see anything from them, ever. And I know Nagowski got hot and got these base hits when it mattered and whatever. I didn't see anything out of him. He looked like a slow-pitch softball player. <laughs> I, so it's not like there was something there that I thought, well, yeah, I mean, I get it. Yoshi has hit a lot of home runs professionally. I know not in the major leagues, but you know it's there. Yeah. He's shown that he can hit for a lot of power. Wilmer Defoe is a, and I know you're not high on Wilmer Defoe, but I was fine with him being there. I don't understand why Brian Goodwin never got a shot. He did fine when he played with the White Sox. 
So, you know, there's just some yeah. things like that that only on the major league level did I not understand. And that's the only thing that I said that I thought, well, this could have been different. Um, there's also a piece of that that says he's going to have a lot of decisions on the 40-man roster. And some of these guys that we just got in trades, even for Clay Holmes, like some of these guys are going to need added to the 40-man roster or somebody can just draft them away from us. I have a feeling they're going to have a lot of guys eligible to be drafted because I just don't know how you fit everybody on there. I didn't understand how you didn't get anything for Kyle Crick. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get something for Clay Holmes, you can get something for Kyle Crick. I I agree with that. So anyway, I give him a B plus because what he did is he built a foundation for this team's future. And he was, he was given it. He walked into a situation where the, the minor leagues were depleted and he's done a good job in rebuilding what was completely gone. Mm-hmm. So I give him credit for that. I just, the only reason, the only reason, I mean, I even say B plus. I know that the major league roster was not important this year. Right. I just don't understand the waiver claims and I, that's all. Go out this offseason, spend $8 million on a guy on a two-year deal to bridge the gap. I know it's not, you know what I mean? Go get somebody like yeah. Jock Peterson and say, well, I mean, we'll, give, we'll let you play against everybody. And look, Jock Peterson went signed with the Cubs and had an opportunity to get something in return at the trade deadline. Don't be afraid to, to open your, like, tell Nutting, this is an investment. Yeah. Go get somebody like that that will that can either get you somebody in return at the trade deadline or who knows at least he'll be fun to watch. Right, he's a good guy. I mean, fun you know, fun guy loves the game, has a lot of fun playing it. He's fun to watch. Anyway, that's the only reason I still gave him a B plus. It looks like I yeah. gave him a B plus and then complained about him, but I think I've spoken yeah, well enough about why I think he's been really good for us. So, yeah. All right, so um, we're getting close to the end here. So two more things, and we're going to get into this kind of thing down the road, but I do want to say, uh, as we move into the offseason, who uh, who do we think is getting traded? We made a lot of trades last offseason. Does that continue this year? Uh, not near, not not as much as last year there, there's really nobody left to trade <laughs> I know, right that's what i'm thinking there's no value no no i agree how about uh dfa candidates do we see some of these guys that we say you know what i think because of our 40-man roster crunch there's a long list of guys like alfred and perez and defoe and newman and tucker and DeYoung and cool and underwood and ponce and bonda and these guys are still going to be under team control, but are we really going to keep them? And if we're not going to keep them, we still have them, even though they haven't signed. Right. Are these guys that maybe get dealt instead of just cutting them loose? You know what I mean? I mean, I guess. If you can do that sort of thing. If another team's like, yeah, I'll give you a minor league bullpen arm for that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I could see Newman going somewhere i think newman's a little bit of a harder one because i really feel like he's defensively at least he's good enough tucker to me i think 
as much as I wanted to give up on him this year and say, you know what, let's just move on. And if he works out, he works out, but like we're not here for it. But he's shown defensive versatility that makes me say, if he's just going to be on this roster and not be expensive and not be a starter, like at least I can throw him into a lot of situations. More so than you can with Wilmer Defoe, even though Wilmer Defoe probably provides more offense off the bench. But if you have both of those guys, Defoe can play third and second. Tucker can play short and outfield and second. I just feel like yeah. you like those are guys that you put on the bench and they're fine. Where Newman, well, well, you know, Tucker Tucker started hitting better at the end of the year. Yeah, it's just a small sample, and I don't know what it is yet. So maybe he figured something out. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe they were just like this guy stinks. Yeah. I'm throwing him fastballs right down the middle. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there was some type of an adjustment made or. I mean, there. Yeah, I don't know. Chad Cool, I'm done with. I don't. If you can get something for him, great. If not, yeah, I don't care. Just let him go. Ponce, like you said, Ponce is gone for me. Michael Perez, I I wouldn't even mind keeping for another year just because of the fact is like, well, I mean, who else is going to do it? So right. unless you can find somebody else, I mean, he can just be there or he can not be there. I don't care. But yeah, I mean, I that's the only thing for me. If they can get one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of a thing. If somebody else says, um, I think I'd take a waiver on Newman. I think I can fix that. Or Underwood's had success. Yeah. He was good in Chicago. Yeah. He's, so you, you might be able to get get something from right. him. Right. Or, or, not much. But. Or keep him around. Right. I mean, these are the kind of things that they just have a lot of decisions to make. Yeah. So, with that said, last thing of the day, and we are going to talk about this later more in depth and whatever else because you just know we will. But, this is the hot topic extensions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take you through this. Obviously all the talk is Brian Reynolds, key Brian Hayes, right? I mean, the, that's the obvious, that's the talk. Yeah. Are we going to extend those guys? And I'm going to say, and I know I'm not the only one, but I'm going to say that it makes a lot of sense for O'Neill Cruz to get an extension. And I'm going to double down and say, I'll even tell him he's got a shot to play short. I mean, he threw the ball pretty bad this year, but we, we were at his debut and he threw one into the net in the warmups. Yes, <laughs> I get it. But the strength of that arm, that double play that he turned when he just flicked it and it felt, felt like, Oh, that was easy. Yeah. And he threw that ball hard. So it's there, but he, he kind of shows like if he can glove it, I'm, I'm fine with it. And the reason I say it is we don't have Newman is not a starting shortstop because he can't hit Tucker's not because actually Tucker Tucker has was supposed to be better defensively than what I've seen. You know what I mean? I expected more out of Tucker defensively, Um, but at shortstop. He's really impressed right. me with the way that he's been versatile and he can go get it. But like the arm, the arm doesn't look like what I thought it was supposed to be. O'Neill yeah. Cruz arm, on the other hand, he just needs to learn how to contain it. To me, that comes in time, but I'm here to tell you that nobody has a problem with all the massive errors that Fernando Tatis has made. Right. 
I mean, I guess some people do, but for the most part, they don't. And their option is to move him to the outfield, which would be our option if he does. I say give him a shot at the major league level. Maybe he gets better. Didn't, I mean, not permanently by any stretch of the means, but didn't they play Tatis in center field this year towards the end of the year? They played him a little bit in right field. That was mostly because he just got off that shoulder injury and they didn't want him, like they wanted him to be able to throw the ball from the outfield and then eventually they just moved him back. But he's going to play short and he's going to make errors and he's going to hit 40 bombs. If O'Neal Cruz can turn into a guy who can hit 30, 40 bombs and he just is like better when he plays short, I'd put him there. The, The ball just doesn't get hit there as often as it used to. I get that, but he's going to have to like, Fernando Tatis Jr., when you're talking about how his errors, but then he makes ridiculous plays too. Yeah. You know but I mean? he's got the arm to make ridiculous plays. So mm-hmm. let's just see if it happens. I, I say you give him a shot at it anyway. Some people just click. They were just talking about it tonight in the Rays game. Wander Franco, everybody said, well, eventually he moves to third or short because he's not great at short. And he's been making really great plays at short because some people, when they get to that level, Something clicks and they turn it on. Anyway, let's break it down into more than just that. Because if if Cruz is going to play enough next season to get the service time, he'll reach free agency at age 29. If they offer him an extension this offseason, and to do it this offseason, you lower that maximum amount because he hasn't really proven anything yet. So for a kid, you get guaranteed money. And for the Pirates, it's a little bit less. I'd still take the guaranteed money as a 23. Well, he'll, he's 23 now. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it could all flop. You could end up striking out a ton and being awful at short, and it doesn't work out for you. You Gregory Polanco made a lot of money on not being that good. Right. And that's a risk that the team's taking, and that's fine. I'm fine with it. But I say, sign him right now. Avoid arbitration with a guy like that. If you get two years, if you offer him six years with two years of team options the way that like Polanco had the two years, you get him till 31, which means he still gets to go to free agency at 31, right? Which yeah. is a good year because now I still have enough time in my career that if he is hitting 30, 40 bombs a year, I can go make 30 million a year for five years for a team right. who would say, yeah, heck yeah, I'll sign you for that. Especially with the DH coming or even even that, just saying he's six foot seven, he'll DH eventually. Right. So anyway... The problem with Reynolds is he's already entering age 27. Signing him right now would be to avoid arbitration. He's not going to go beyond his free agent year unless you combine his option with a player option. It's not going to be just a team option because he's already going to be 31 when he goes to free agency. He's not going to want to be here longer than that if he has a shot to sign a five- or six-year deal. He's not going to sign a five- or six-year deal at 33. Right. So I think that you have less of a chance to get him beyond that unless you're willing to go north of $20 million a year. And I just, I just don't know. But it has, it's going to have to be a two-option thing. McCutcheon's deal in 2012 was six years. He was already 25. His free agent season was 32. Now, he was motivated to be here for his entire career, right? Yeah. But... So it's only a year off, 32, and it was six years, 51 million with a bonus kind of thing. So they got him to age 32, a guy who wanted to be in Pittsburgh, regardless, right? 
I mean, for more reasons than Brian Reynolds would, would say that, obviously. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Marte, six-year deal in 2015. He was 26. It was $31 million. He became a free agent for his age 32 season as well. He signed a one-year deal with the Marlins, but that's like, I'm sure COVID is playing in some things there. Harrison signed a four-year contract in 2015. He was 27. It had an option year for his age 31 season. So, which the Pirates bought out for $2 million and he walked. You know what I mean? They didn't bring him in with that. So that kind of a thing, you're right around 31, 32 years old. Polanco signed his before his age 24 season. He's the only one of this group who signed before his three years of service time, which is another point I want to make because a lot of these, like if you still have a renewable contract, if you're not about to enter arbitration, I'm not motivated to sign you to a big deal and, and pay you $3 million when I could just renew your contract for 700000 Right. Like I'm just not going to do it. You know what I mean? It's not. The only reason you do it is if you think you'll get a deal on your arbitration years or if you think you can buy out a couple of those free agency years, right? Sure. So uh, Polanco's didn't kick in until his age 25 season because they'd already renewed his contract for his 24 season and then they signed the extension after they've already renewed his contract. So that was kind of a weird thing too. So it didn't even kick in until arbitration anyway, but it was before the season. Five years, 35, two years options for his age 30 and 31 seasons, which would be like what the O'Neill Cruz deal would be, which they bought out and whatever. It's rare to sign when you're still in the renewable years. It's too easy to keep you on the cheap. It's just rare to do, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So even if you get to that third one like Reynolds and they say, oh, we come to terms with Reynolds. We've renewed his contract. He's going to make 600000 well, then they can start their extension talks in the spring to tack on for the following year when his arbitration. I just don't know if it's going to matter. Neil Walker played out his time. He didn't sign the big thing. His three arbitration years were 3.3, 5.78 million, blah, blah, blah. Those numbers, you, you could try to save on those arbitration numbers or you can just go to arbitration with them. When Kutch signed his deal, he got a lot more than the rest of those guys. He had already had an all-star season. Yeah. So we, you know, that's Brian Reynolds. You're going to, it's going to be more expensive to get a guy like Brian Reynolds than it will be to get a guy like O'Neill Cruz. It, it, I just think, I just think O'Neill Cruz, if they want to be aggressive, I think they sign him to it. But then again, if they plan on him starting off in AAA next year, which is a topic, we actually got a message uh, again from Danny and we're going to talk about that moving forward. Not, not on this one, but I I don't know that Brian Reynolds gets it. I I think, you know, you have a, a thing to say on that, but I just don't know. And I don't think that it's a make or break deal for Brian Reynolds to get signed this offseason. Next offseason, let's get his arbitration stuff under wrap. Let's give him a player and team option for maybe two years that he could also decline and go to free agency if he wanted. Yeah, It has to be a mutual option. We both want to continue with this. Either he says yes and we say yes or he walks. You know what I mean? Right. So what, you got thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I agree with most of that. Um, but I still think with with how highly and, and whatever you want to call it, Sherrington loves Reynolds. Yeah. 
which is also interesting because he's not one of his signings or trades. Right, right. That was like the but only thing that Huntington got right. Who who was it? The the Braves and the Brewers, yeah, supposedly made very strong mm-hmm. offers to get Reynolds and Sherrington's like, nope, he's not. He's untouchable, basically. So or those deals weren't convincing enough. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me at all, and I wouldn't be upset at all if he signs him to, ex- to an extension. Maybe, you know, buys out his arbitration years plus one or something. Yeah. I, you know, You're looking I, at I more the like the age. Harrison four-year deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, With that option to take away, I you can't take away more than he's not going to sign if you're trying to take away up to age thirty three or thirty four. It's right. not smart. I wouldn't. No. And I'm a guy who doesn't val like you, I. I wouldn't yeah, consider you, myself you going after the dollar. You can't expect Reynolds to take that deal. No. And and his advisors would be like, "You ain't doing that." Right. Unless he really does like it, I I don't know. I don't know what his Reynolds is hard to read. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, you don't you don't say a whole lot. So, but I think he would. He's probably a guy who just wants to be comfortable and not have to worry about arbitration. So I think he'd be motivated to do that. I just think it happens next year, not this year, or after he's already contract renewed. And let's talk about it in the spring. Maybe that's it. You know what I mean? Or or if they say, hey, we're going to give you more money next year. Maybe that's well, they'd have to have a contract in place for 2022 before they can. So it would be. How about in this contract, you barely get paid in 2022, and then it, then we start boosting the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. They could they could organize whatever they want. I just yeah. think that'd be hard pressed to say like I'm gonna give you another All Star season next year, and you're gonna pay me six hundred thousand to do it. Right. He's gonna say, give me at least a million, which I right. I still say you got no other money going out. I'd front load it. Right. Give him ten million next year, and then let that depreciate as he gets over thirty. 10 million until you're 30 and then we're going to drop it to 9 million and give you an option of 15 million. Something stupid like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And and you could spin that up and say like we're going to drop it to 8 million even to free up 2 million to get a supporting player so we can win before you leave. Yeah. Something like that. But then a big option to say like if you do this and you're really good then we're going to reward you with a big contract or we're just going to cut ties with you. Right. I also wouldn't mind seeing Stallings get a small extension. Even okay. if it means even if it means just taking away his arbitration years. I know you went into a lot of the age things, so he's gonna be thirty two next year. Yeah, but he's you know not what set to hit free agency until he's thirty five. Yeah, but when he if he's already there, right, then why not just get him with options for thirty six and thirty seven? Right. Or 35 and 36, I mean. Because here's the deal. He's not going... Brian Reynolds is a player who could go sign a contract to be over $20 million Right. If things work out, more than that. So, I, I just... Uh, you know what I mean? I He's due to make some money when he hits free agency. Stallings is not. No. So, yeah. I'm 100% on board with that, and that's a great thought. I wouldn't have thought about... I'm usually thinking of the young guys, but... That's actually really good. Reward him and pay him now because you're he's already he's in his prime. This is as good as it's getting for him. That this would be the perfect opportunity to front load a contract. Hundred percent. I front just give him contract. the same amount of money till he's a free agent. Just say let's I'm not go to arbitration. I, yeah. Let's not go to arbitration. arbitration. Let's, let's not worry about it. Let's sign you to a four year deal for I don't know. 
30 million, something stupid. It doesn't matter. It's like 8 million a year, right? Four years, 32 would be 8 million a year. Sign him for four years, 30 million. And just, that's it. Spread out evenly. I wouldn't even spread it out evenly because you're going to need to spend money by the end of that four. But that that amount of money is not going to hurt you. Especially when he's going to be there for the next two years. If you're saying Henry Davis is going to be the guy when we're good or somebody else internally, then who cares? They're going to be getting paid league minimum when he's their backup. That's true. You know what I mean? Like you, the money's there. And then if Henry Davis is going to start going to arbitration, then you don't bring Stallings back when he's 85. You know what I mean? And catcher yeah, years. And you know that, what I mean? That was, that was my big thing. Uh, you know, if you could sign him. I like that. And, I think it's a reward their... for the hard work and he's a leader and everybody likes him. And I think for him, he's another guy who just wants it to be simple. Arbitration sometimes can be a fight. Yeah. It can get ugly. All right, man. We knew this was going to be a long one. And so we've clipped over an hour now. So let's, uh, Let's go with our closing statements and go on to next week. What do you got? You got anything here to close out? You know what? I I told myself I wasn't going to plan this because I wanted to see how our conversations are going. Guys, it's been a long year. It's been (laughs) rough. And it's been fun at times. It's been hair pulling at times. Stick with us as we bridge this time. Um, it's it's just I've seen a lot of positive things for the future going on. Mm-hmm. It's rough on the major league field right now, but it's what we had to do. Yeah, twenty twenty one was a weird season, but you know to echo that for a one hundred loss team, I felt like there were still more fun moments than you would have thought out of a hundred loss team. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of interesting storylines, uh, you know. The team that was there, now, not big picture. Let's just talk about the Pirates, because I know we always think big picture. Mm-hmm. But let's just talk about the Pirates, the 100-loss the teams. They played hard all year. And you yeah. just had a feeling that they were never out of a game, even when they were. You, but you just felt like, ah, they could still come back here. And they did it mm-hmm. multiple times. Offensively, pitching was rough. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there were yeah. fun things. There were things where, you know, we talked about where Brian Reynolds continued to just wow you. Um, you know, I think if we would have had a whole year of key Brian Hayes, maybe he's worth two wins and we we don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or Colin Moran. Those guys at least are worth two wins. Yeah. I still don't feel bad about saying we would have lost 95. I think 95 was a good number. I think those guys could have made a difference. But I've said it before and I'll say it again. If Sherrington comes through with this plan and the Pirates are winning more games in, I don't know, 23, possibly competing for the postseason, 24, 25 even, more specifically 24, 25, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Then we'll look back at 2021 as a huge reason why. And the moves that Sherrington made were building blocks to build the foundation for what to expect. They, They have built the foundation for what to expect as a fan going forward. Now, I think he, right. he had major house cleaning things to do, and it's not going to be that radical all the time. But you saw what he did when he acquired players. He went very young so that the development process can work out. Now, if the development process doesn't work out and they're not winning games in 23, 24, 25, <laughs> then losing a 100 game is more frustrating than it is fun. Yeah. Let's get real. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I mean, I just think at least we weren't losing 100 games with a bunch of old guys who were signed on one-year deals to just be there. Right. And and I'm even a guy who says, go get a veteran player to just be there. But if you had a team full of them, which we've had in the past, yep. and lost a lot of games with them, those guys aren't fun. No. They're literally just there so that you have a team. And I think it stops. I think what we saw out of O'Neill Cruz and Rodolfo Castro, we're going to start seeing more often, especially when we talk about 40-man roster crunch. Yep. We're, we have no option but to see more debuts and more exciting moments. Even if we're losing games, there will be moments. Yep. I think this year was, all in all, rough. But I think it was, in, like you said, it was a necessity. And if this thing works out, then 2021 becomes a lot better of a year to look back on than it was to to watch in real time. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say a better year to look back on as an easier year to forget. I don't think you want to forget it. If this thing works out, 2021 is way too important. That's why I, I that's why I the say major it is the league season though. Yeah, but I just mean <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think if you're just looking at the whole thing, like for the casual fan, yeah. But the major league season saw Jamison Tyone get traded, Josh Bell get traded, we saw Adam Frazier get traded, Clay Holmes, the whole Tyler Anderson coming in and going out, Richard Rodriguez getting traded. I think that it affected the major league team enough to say it was important. Fair enough. Even even saying, well, no, because Starling Marte would have been gone anyway. But you know, I think there was just enough there. I think Todd Frazier impacted this season for a minute and not in a good way, but Dwayne Underwood, you know what I'm saying? There was enough that happened. Guys played a lot of innings here or guys were traded and it made enough of an impact to say, we're going to look back at at a hundred lost season. We wouldn't have lost a hundred games if we'd have just kept those guys. At least, at least you could say that about Bell and Frazier and Tyone and so Marte's not included in this because he was already gone. But you know what I'm saying? Richard Rodriguez even. Uh, you know what I mean? I just think that if those guys are still here, if Tyone was able to go pitch as well as he did for the Yankees, then he give, he's easily the ace on this team and a leader. Yeah. Maybe even makes Brubaker better. Because we saw Brubaker fell apart. Tyone would have been a guy to get him back. To have a veteran li- Anyway. I just think... That it's important. And I think that we will look back at it being important. We wouldn't have lost 100 games if we just held on to guys. The fact is, is there's a lot of guys. I mean, I just named those guys. And I'll be darned if Will Crow didn't make a lot of starts this year. We got him for Josh Bell. Now, whether he was good or not is another thing. But Eddie Yeen is supposed to be better. But, I mean, look, (laughs) Tyone brought us Ronzi Contreras, and that was a huge story. Right? Miggy Yahoo, you're big on Miggy Yahoo. It came for Tyone. With if we just would have kept Tyone, those that's those things don't even happen. You know what I mean? That's that's what I'm saying. We saw a lot of Hoy Hoy Park played a good bit of innings for being traded for Clay Holmes. Bryce Wilson started a lot of games. Richard Rodriguez. And they think Bryce Wilson will continue to start games. You know. I just think it was. It impacted. Austin, I just watched Austin Davis pitch tonight for the Red Sox in the postseason. You can't hear me? And your video is actually working. Well, 
It's recording on my end, so he can't hear me. I can hear me. Shut it down. See if he can read my lips. Let's go, Bucks. Let's go, Bucks. No idea why he can't hear me, but everything else is working. I can hear him, so rock and roll. Let's go, Bucks. Thanks, guys. <laughs>